This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. A partly sunny sky for today. Temperatures quite seasonable. We're talking near 40. It looks like the run of the 50-degree weather is over for a while. A low tonight will be getting down into the 20s. A Binghamton resident will never again walk the streets of free man following sentencing for the murder of his former girlfriend. 48-year-old Lance Johnson was convicted in July of the murder of Allison Salisbury, who had been in a relationship with Johnson prior to dating Shannon Brooks, who was injured by Johnson in the attack on August 7, 2020, at Brooks's apartment building on Conklin Road in Conklin. Both women had been shot. Johnson was sentenced yesterday to over 75 years in prison for murder, attempted murder, and other charges, meaning he he will never again get out of prison alive. In handing down the sentence, Judge Joseph Colley said he would have liked to have been able to issue more than the maximum to the killer, who had a long list of previous arrests prior to the shootings in Conklin. The former recreation director of the village of Waverly admits he altered and destroyed village recreation league documents to cover up his misappropriation of funds. New York State Controller Thomas DiNapoli's office has announced that 67-year-old David Shaw of Sayre, Pennsylvania, pleaded guilty to official misconduct, confessing he misappropriated $16,525 in village funds while employed at the village starting in 2015. As part of his plea, Shaw is resigning from his position with the village. Two Sherburne residents are facing charges in connection with several burglaries at businesses in Shenango County. Sheriff's detectives have spent weeks going over evidence from neighborhood and security cameras and Wednesday arrested 50-year-old Andrew Frank Jr. and 49-year-old Rena Jones on felony burglary and felony criminal mischief charges. The pair is accused of breaking into local businesses, stealing money and damaging property several times in November and over the past week. The Shenango Valley School Warriors are looking for a new general, so to speak. David Gill, the superintendent of the Shenango Valley School District, has sent a letter to family and staff this week announcing he will be retiring in March. Gill, who has been with the district as a teacher, principal, and assistant superintendent and superintendent for the past 12 years, cited health issues and wanting to spend more time with family for his reason for stepping back. A major construction project in the town of Dickinson is declared complete by the New York State Department of Transportation. Commissioner Marie-Therese Dominis yesterday announced the $16 million project to replace the bridge carrying Front Street over Interstate 81 at Exit 5 near Otsonango Park is complete. The project included the building of two roundabouts on Route 11 and upgrading a third intersection with a new traffic signal. The work is said to offer increased recreational opportunities, easier bicycle and pedestrian access to the north side of Binghamton and Hudson Angle Park, better access to businesses on Route 11 corridor, and enhanced safety and mobility in the area. An added bonus, according to officials, lies in the environment since traffic circles reduce vehicle idling time at traffic lights, resulting in fewer emissions and improved air quality. Major construction work on the new Binghamton Fire Department complex is complete. Some power is now on to the new 20,000-square-foot facility between Court and Pine Streets, while the finishing touches, including installation of additional flooring, is being done. 
Some more electrical work is waiting to be installed following delays due to equipment delivery problems. It looks like we may be getting some snow activity for the weekend, although it is not a sure thing according to the weather forecast. The National Weather Service does say a low-pressure system will bring a chance for accumulating snow to the area Saturday night through Sunday night. Total accumulations of 2 to 5 inches may be possible with higher totals in the higher elevations. Snow could stick to road surfaces, resulting in slippery conditions, and an advisory could be needed a little bit later for some other areas. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast for today, however, partly sunny, a high near 40. Mostly clear tonight, a low in the low 20s. Saturday sunny, a high in the low 40s. Then on Sunday, that 80% chance of snow possibly mixing with and changing to rain through the day. Any sort of liquid precipitation, of course, will impact the snowfall totals. A high on Sunday in the mid to upper 30s. Monday, mostly cloudy, a high in the mid to upper 30s. And Tuesday, sunny, a high in the mid 30s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Joseph live on your Friday morning. And we will be taking your phone calls on a fun radio Friday, 607-772-1290. Again, 607-772-1290. Everyone is welcome to participate. You can also send email to bob at wnbf.com. We begin the morning proceedings with Nick Tamaris from Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Bob. How are you? I am well. How are things on the Parkway? Very, very busy. Very, very good. (laughs) As it should be. Yes, absolutely. I pulled in this morning. The uh, service drive is bustling with uh, people coming in, getting their oil changes and getting their stuff for the weekend. And uh, sales, we got all the lights turned on, popcorn made, and uh, ready for the first sale of the day. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Popcorn. Popcorn and probably coffee. Yeah, I've got popcorn, coffee, soda. Remember, remember, it reminds me of, remember Philly sales, uh, Clinton Street, you have popcorn when you walk in there, and 
We got the popcorn going, and it smells good in here. <laughs> I was going to mention that. I, that went yeah, through my right? mind, and then I thought, well, what if you don't want to recall the golden era of Philly sales that so many of us remember nostalgically? Right. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I used to go there with my mom and my uh, sisters and brother, and we used to look yeah. forward to the popcorn while my mom was grabbing some of those values on slightly irregular socks. Exactly right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us uh, what people need to know if they're in the market for a new vehicle right now. Actually, we have some inventory here. We got cars in the showroom floor. We have some cars outside. Uh, if you're looking for some great values on 22 Honda Pilots, Passports, we have them here. Uh, you're going to have a brand new body style change coming up pretty soon. So some people are taking advantage of the little bit lower prices on the 22s. The, uh, the the 1.9% financing that you have on them, and you can get a vehicle that they're easy to get into. You sit up nice and tall, so you got great visibility on the road. They're all-wheel drive, so when it starts snowing here and you're, you know, you got to put the boots on and get outside, it's all cold, you can use your car starter, get a nice warm vehicle, have the all-wheel drive, get to where you're going. So we got a got a nice selection of those here. And if you're looking for Honda Odyssey, we even have a Honda Odyssey which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's radiant red. It's the sport edition. So it's just like our EXL, leather interior. It has all the good features in there you're looking for. And they dress it up a little bit. They put the black wheels on it, the red stitching on the inside. They really do a really nice job on that. So we got some cars here. So come on in and take a look. Uh, we got some great values. And if you're looking for the new CRV, uh, we have two 23 CRVs here, the hybrid and the gas model, that you come in, take out for a test drive. Come back in, tell us what car you're looking for. We'll, uh, we'll look, see what's coming in, match you up with what's coming with the color, the equipment that you want. And when it comes in, it's all yours. So we make it incredibly easy. Nick Tamaris, Honda Sales Manager at Miller Motors, serving the Miller Auto team on the Parkway in Vestal. And so you'll be open today till 6 and tomorrow from 9 to 4? Yeah, so today, uh, always a great day, Friday. We're here till 6 o'clock. Saturday, we're going to be here till 4 o'clock. Sunday, we have off, so if folks want to come in, look around, not bothered. You got cars outside. We got them right up on the pad, so you can see we got some lease specials up on the ramp out there. And then Monday, we open back up at 9 o'clock, and we're here till 7 o'clock on Monday. So, absolutely, come on in. Nick, thank you so much. I hope you have a great day today and enjoy your weekend. Uh, Bob and you too, and we appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. 914 WNBF, WNBF.com. This is Fun Radio 1290. On Fridays, we have fun. We don't have to have fun Monday through Thursday, but on Fridays, the doctor says you need some fun. I begin the proceedings with Matt in Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. I usually call in response to somebody else's calls, but I anticipate this morning that. Uh, you know, there'll be people echoing the the uh, echo chamber of the Republicans who are criticizing Biden for getting Britney Spears out, not Paul Britney Spears. I mean, Britney. <laughs> Oops. Now you've gone and done it. Now the you're going to make the people you knew were probably going to be unhappy mad. You're going to make Britney Griner's fans mad, and now you've made Britney Spears' fans mad. I don't know. You, you managed to do a, a lot in eight seconds there, Matthew. Britney Griner. And, uh, you know, I, I just, first of all, it was a 
if you read anything about what happened behind the scenes, they were trying to get a deal for both. And it became apparent that the only deal on the table was uh, was the, the death, merchant of death, they call him, uh, for Brittany Griner. And uh, you take what, uh, unfortunately, that the way it works, I mean, there's a lot of people that no, never are mentioned that are in prison uh, in different countries all around the world. And I would just like this, you know, if people start criticizing that, I mean, wouldn't it have been if, if, if this uh, Mr. Whalen was in Russia and we all know that uh, Donald Trump has supposedly a great relationship and supported Putin and, you know, made all these claims about how Russia had nothing to do with anything involving anything. Uh, if, it, if the relationship was so good, then how come Paul Whalen, he was imprisoned in 2018, the, pre, um, the president had President Trump at the time had two years to get him out. How come he didn't get him out? That's an excellent you know? point. You know, everybody thinks that, oh, if the former guy were the current guy, uh, gas prices would be 30 cents a gallon and uh, the price of pizza would be going down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, come on, man. Get get real. You know, the, the guy, I mean, to be, to be fair, to be fair, the former guy, he did have his endearing quality which, as you know, is providing ample material for talk show hosts. That's the only endearing quality I can <laughs> come up with. But, 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 yeah, to your point, I mean, yeah, yeah. What about if, if he had such a buddy-buddy, cozy dossier relationship with uh, President Putin, why, why is, was any American still being held in Russia illegally? Exactly. And if anybody knows, there's lots of spies on both sides. There's lots of this stuff that goes on, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know, uh, you know, what Paul Whalen's actual deal was, but I do know that the guy that was traded the merchant of death, I'm sure that was one of the calculations that went into it. He did serve 12 years in an American prison. Uh, so it's not like he got off scot free. So when you're making these, he still owed some years, but, um, uh, I think seven years or something like that, he would have been out seven years, but, he did serve 12 years, so that's, I'm sure, went into the calculation as well. So there's, you know, people, I, I would just like to point one, this Aya Hizazi, who was from Egypt, uh, he was released. He was accused of child abuse and human trafficking. That's why he was being held in Egypt. I don't know if any of those charges were, uh, sounds very familiar to what some of the rhetoric of the Republicans view about other people, and, and those people should be you know, killed and, and didn't have a right to exist. But um, when he was when he was released, uh, Donald Trump released a video uh, with um, with the background music of "I'm proud to be an American," and then you know ended with him greeting this gentleman at the White House. I mean, it, that's what the Republicans, in my mind, do. Everything's a scorecard. Everything's all we did this, and you know, but. I think it's very distasteful to what, you know, Donald Trump is about aggrandizing himself, but he didn't really, in my mind, there's some other people he got released, but the biggest release he ever did of prisoners uh, or people pardoned was his people that were accused of uh, his administration that was accused of all sorts of things, unimaginable, unimaginable. Uh, those are the biggest pardons he ever got done. 
And, you know, so let's talk about who Donald Trump really was and how he how he dealt with those things. And if he was Well, if Donald Trump, oh, I almost said his name. Anyway, if the former guy wanted to be helpful, he would uh, call his uh, presidential buddy, Vladimir Putin, and uh, on, on a single phone call, tell his buddy, stop the war in Ukraine, and secondly, release Paul Whelan. It could be accomplished in a 20-second phone call if the former guy is that magical. And then the other thing is, just imagine, if he, if he was that magical, he would have absolutely had Paul Whelan out on sometime in, in early 2020 or mid-2020 or close to the election, because that would have been a great story for him. And he didn't do it, that means he couldn't. You know what I would consider doing? And uh, Are you sitting down? I am sitting down. All right, sit down for this, America. I would actually consider voting for the former guy for president in 2024 if he makes a call today to President Putin, a 30-second call, and persuades Putin to stop the Ukraine war at once and get Paul Whelan back home by December 10th, back to the United States, so he can be reunited with his family and friends. If that happens today... I will give serious consideration to possibly voting for the former guy for president in 2024. Now you can stand up again. I agree. I'll do the same. Yeah. I'll, I'll I mean, you know, I, I mean, he still will be viewed by many as a flawed candidate. But if he, with one phone call to his presidential pal, Vladimir Putin, can get the war in Ukraine stopped and the release of Paul Whelan, I think... All Americans should at least give him some serious consideration for possibly um, being president again. Well, you know, the reality is we know he's cozied up to every dictator that he comes in contact with, whether it be Viktor Orban or Putin or Kim Jong-il, who he had a love letters going back and forth, which apparently are some of the missing documents, I think, uh, classified documents. There's all sorts of things that uh, we could talk about this morning, but I just thought I'd get the ball rolling for a change. Instead well, of I appreciate that. I, I I know a lot of times you do wait and respond to other callers, so thank you for grabbing the bull by the horns and getting us rolling on Fun Radio Friday. Thank you, Bob. Thank Have you. A good weekend. That's Matt from Binghamton, former Binghamton Mayor Matthew Ryan, who is uh, taking the initiative, and I, uh, for one, I want to express my gratitude. It's 922, continuing with uh, the voices of the American people. Dave and Vestal, you're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Bob. You, you know, you're right. Usually he waits till later in the day to make me nauseous. I, first thing in the morning, come on. Um, you know, <laughs> you guys, back on Trump again, you just can't resist. You can't resist, can you? What's he have to do with it? Nothing. And, and you want to go back and talk about former presidents? How about Obama's big accomplishment with that bird doll? Hey, that was a wonderful thing he did, wasn't it? So I don't want to hear that. I, I mean, it's so aggravating. But, Bob, this was a terrible, this is the worst prisoner swap ever, ever. A guy like that, the merchant of death, and we're going to trade for, and by the way, you're wrong, Bob. Andrea Mitchell reported, NBC News reported, that they had the choice between Whalen or Griner or nobody. And the White House, the administration made them change that. They changed it real quick. They put it on TV, and then they changed it. You can check and look. So if that's the case, 
knowing that Griner publicly speaks out about hating our country, she should have rotted there, and we should have brought Whalen home. End of story. There's no, there's no debating that. And then all over that, the left-wing news last night, I had to watch, oh, this is a person of color, and she's a lesbian, and that's so important to us. She's such a role model in our country. Make me gag. I'm tired of it all. Have a good day, Bob. All right, listeners. That's enough of that. It's 924. This is Bob Joseph. Fun Friday. And the fun is only getting underway. If you want to add to the fun frenzy, call 607-772-1290. Of course, as they often say, never let the facts get away. They get in the way of your theory. But, be that as it may, we will... Look forward to uh, 12 noon today when the weekend begins, and then we can put all this bizarreness behind us for at least uh, two and a half days or so. 607-772-1290 is the number. Bob at WNBF.com is the email address. This is Bob Joseph Live, Fun Friday on News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. Over. News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio WNBF. Bob Joseph live. This is Fun Radio 1290. Your Friday morning. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free Nine twenty-eight WNBF on your Friday morning. In other news today, trouble in former guy land. The uh, Florida guy who is often referred to by many Americans as the former guy is uh, potentially, potentially in more uh, legal trouble. In in terms of all the documents. You know, everybody wants to know what happened to all the documents. Where are all the documents? Why would you take documents that didn't belong to you, sensitive documents, things that were supposed to be kept in their place at the White House? Why, oh, why would you take them? Questions continue to swirl around the situation as we wait for the Florida guy, a.k.a. former guy, to please tell us. Please tell us what you were thinking. 
And if you have any more of those confidential, sensitive documents that somehow wound up in your possession after you had to leave D.C., please, please, we implore you, tell the truth. Now is a good time. (laughs) A former guy to tell the truth. Well, never hurts, never hurts. The truth shall set you free unless you've committed a felony. Then justice will be served. It's 9.30, WNBF Binghamton. Let's go to Kirkwood. Larry, you're on the air. Stop. Now, wait a second, Bob. Okay, let me make sure my alarm turned off here. So, it was interesting listening to Matt Ryan talk again. Bunch of nonsense, as usual, and you agree with him. But anyway, Brittany Griner. I mean, I'm happy that she's back here in the States. She's not having to suffer under the the Russian system of justice, which is probably pretty rough. But you'd know the real reason they did this. They could have easily brought that man back, who, the, the soldier back, who was uh, in, the, in the prison there. Well, the way they could have done that is if Putin agreed to free him. As they said, it was uh, not a case where Putin would allow both Americans to be released on Thursday. So, yes, that would have been preferable. Unfortunately, that was not part of the situation at this time. Now, I personally think that Paul Whelan will be freed by Christmas. But that's just what I think. I don't have any facts or anything to support that. I think at at some point in the next couple of weeks, Paul Whelan will be released. But, you know, what do I know? We'll, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, as they say, it's beyond my control. It's beyond Joe Biden's control. It's There's one person. There's only one person, the same person who could also stop the war in Ukraine today, and that's Vladimir Putin. If he wants to start to rehabilitate his reputation, he could start right now at 932 by ending the war in Ukraine and simultaneously approving the release of Paul Whelan. Well, my, my simple thought about this is within the last week, um, the Senate and I think the Congress has uh, passed that Defense of Marriage Act, which is pro-homosexual. And it's- no, it's not. What it is is pro-human. So everybody now, everybody in the United States is on equal footing. So it's not encouraging one thing or another. It's only encouraging equal treatment of every American. So here's the thing, Larry. If you don't want to marry a guy, don't marry a guy. Don't. Uh, if you, whatever, you can you can get married, you can be single, do what you want, and let everybody else have their own specific relationships because that's the right thing to do. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is it's very suspicious that was passed, and then soon after that, Brittany Griner is released, who is homosexual. Yeah, and she's already married. 
And her wife was there at the news conference with Joe Biden. So the timing was purely coincidental. So, so I, well, let's put it this way. If, if Putin was trying to prove something by releasing her on that particular day, maybe you'd have to call him, but he's not taking calls. What I'm saying is that Biden pushed for her specifically to be released rather than the Marine. Says who? What I'm Says who? I think Jean-Pierre made it pretty clear that that was the reason. And this thing that they call here a great American and everything, where this guy is the one who signed up in the military, could have been killed for what he did because he was serving directly in the, in the, in the line of fire. And that's a great American. I have Brittany Griner. But don't get me wrong. I'm still happy Brittany Griner got out of Russia and back in the States. I still am. But let's just have a bit of perspective about this, about the who the great American is. That's Brittany Griner. You know, they're both great Americans. I mean, don't, oh, don't kid Brittany yourself. Griner is she is a great Griner. American hero. Brittany Griner is not a great American. She hates this country. She's proved that over and over. Whereas the other guy, he loves this country and willing to lay down his life for it. So, but that's all I want to say, Bob. Have a good weekend. All right. Enjoy. 9.35. You're listening to News Radio. WNBF. WNBF.com. And we are having fun radio because it's a Friday. By the way, I forgot to mention, coming up next hour, the legendary Gerald Smith is seen on TV and in the newspaper. Gerald Smith. A global exclusive next hour, right here on News Radio WNBF, WNBF.com. And uh, if you have thoughts about the release of Brittany Griner, the war in Ukraine, and the constantly falling gasoline prices, you can call us at 607 772 I uh, had to do a double take driving past some of the finer service stations this morning. Looking at the gas prices as they continue to fall, as the gas buddy, Patrick DeHaan, said they would. So if this continues, if they continue to fall at this rate, gas prices would be probably right around $3 a gallon by New Year's Day. Now, I'm not saying they will fall at this rate. They probably won't. But still, you consider that... Just uh, a few short months ago, gas prices around here were right around the $5 a gallon mark, I would say. This is cause for celebration. And that's why you're listening to Fun Radio 1290. Bob Joseph live on WNBF.
940 WNBF, the station that serves you and only you. 607-772-1290 is the hotline to the inner sanctum surrounded by tons of concrete, steel, and glass. James and Binghamton, you're on. Hey, I wanted to pipe in on a couple, like, other details I think people are kind of either don't know about or, I mean, no, this is not some sort of like, well, if you search deep on the Internet for the Russian disinformation, this is what you'll find. Uh, no, uh, there are some nuances to everything involved with this prisoner swap situation, um, one of which, and you, you want both of those people brought home safely and as soon as possible. Um, but just to clarify, uh, based on the last caller, and this is, again, not to cast any like sort of uh, character aspersions. I'm not doing that. Everybody should be brought back, and these are, by all accounts, good people. But like, you know, um, to say that the person who's still there is a, uh, a current service member is not correct. Uh, they're a former, I believe, Marine and uh, had been dishonorably discharged. Not that there's anything to do with that, but you know, if they people want to bring up Brittany Griner's civil protests in the past, then I guess why not? But the point is that individual is not there for military business. This is not someone who was. Uh, there representing the well, what was States. he doing there why was he well, in russia uh, what was he doing well if you well if you want to dig into the story i mean you know there, there's it's, where does the reality end in the russian propaganda begin but uh the, the the it all boils down to uh supposedly this individual had some sensitive information uh for whatever reason um you know and you can get into this or that. the other also had a lot more thc products on him and cash the point is there is a legal difference between her situation and his situation. She was immediately deemed wrongfully detained from the get-go, whereas this, the other individual actually had enough THC product to, like, and, and to, to fit their description of trafficking and other things. So the point is Russia wants a spy for spy trade for this guy. Brittany Griner's not a, a spy. Uh, Victor Boot's not a, a spy. He was a Russian citizen who was arrested for crimes all over the world. And, you know, it's awful to see him released seven years before his sentence is up. But uh, you have to imagine that threat's neutralized. Like, what, is this guy going to go to his backyard and dig up some spare tomahawks or something? Like, no. I mean, it, you know, he had to give up all his contacts to be arrested. Um my point is that there's a lot of nuances. And also, if you want to ask some, uh, you have a caller call in and say, well, you know, Biden did this because it's the same week as this. Yeah, okay. Well, did it ever occur to you that it was just her because the only thing Putin has left now is propaganda and disinformation? And who would be the most, what would be the most obvious thing that would get like all the, the talk hate machine all over this country all riled up? You know, I mean, it's, it's the obvious answer. Like, and yeah, it's not, the best but you know if they offer you one person you take one person and that's kind of you know people say well we're tying our hands we're rolling over no no this is what happens when you have you have despotic nations that do not act in good faith well and another uh, thing is people were people and this is this is this is as old as time when it was the ussr they would execute spies immediately and we right. would imprison them you know what i mean yeah right well it's not setting a precedent there have been there have been these uh, prisoner swaps over the years, and in yeah. almost every case, there are elements that are distasteful. It's it's uh, not something any country wants to engage in. On the other hand, mm-hmm. you have you have to make some tough choices when, uh, in our case, Americans are going to be otherwise held indefinitely and subject to torture 
and who knows, ultimately may die in a place like mm-hmm. Russia. Uh, sometimes you, you need to swallow hard and say, all right, this is not, this is not ideal, but at least it, it moves things a bit forward. At least this is forward progress, and, and at least one American who had been uh, held for several months, at least now she's home. Well, and one of the things that I, I'm op- I hope for is, you know, uh, her wife and the WNBA in general, and then by extension, a lot of the NBA, because those do those two entities, big brothers and sisters, they, they do push each other up a bit. Uh, they, they petitioned very hard for her for months. They kept us in the forefront. And and even in the press conference yesterday, Brittany Griner's wife had said, we need to also keep the pressure on to make sure or essentially, you know, we're, we're thinking about this other family and stuff. So I'm hoping that you know, there's an opportunity uh, for her to come back and the people around her to come back and to keep the pressure on for people who aren't her. You know, I mean, because there's a bigger issue at here, at stake here. Uh, these are, Brittany Griner is in Russia playing basketball because basketball players and professional athletes, especially in basketball, play all over the world. Uh, women especially, a lot of people don't realize you make more money as a professional women's basketball player in China and Russia than you usually do in the U.S. The WNBA is a summer job practically. Uh, so, you know, if we're going to be a, a global economy, a global community moving forward in the 21st century, there can't be places for some of these countries to be this authoritarian in the way that they do things. Otherwise, it's going to kill the commerce that they're the international commerce that they're trying to foster. You know, so, uh, you know, I, I hope there's a, a chance for some new uh, awakened activism out there, not just, you know, for him, but anybody else who's caught in these trades or kidnapping for ransom things or what have you but uh back to the original point there are extra uh factors at play here that a lot of people aren't talking about and the the most important one is russia wants a spy for a spy for this other guy and that's not who Brittany griner was or was intended to be she was intended to be someone they fished for and found and got so they could get a you know boot released which yeah for for Putin, yeah, he's got a propaganda win. He can play for a little bit, but that's all he has left, people. That's all he has left on the global stage is just disinformation and little annoying things like this. So you can either fall into his trap of divisiveness and, and, and stoking anger and division, or we can look at it be like, well, we do things differently because we're America. So, yes, we save people we can when we can. Thanks for your call. James. Thank you, Bob. Have a great weekend. You as well. It's 946. It's Fun Radio 1290 and also Fun Radio 92.1 FM. Whether you're into frequency modulation or amplitude modulation, we have you covered. And if you prefer to stream online, you're listening to WNBF.com. WNBF Fun Radio on a Friday morning. Well, if you're out of jail, you can have some fun. In jail, probably not quite as much. 
on the other hand, you have to play the uh, the hand that you're dealt, I guess. Um, 9.50, Jerry Smith is in the building, so if people are concerned about uh, the historian Gerald Smith, no need to be concerned. He has made it through security. We brought him to the special greenish-blue room. We have a green room, of course, for guests, but before a guest can actually advance to the green room, he or she must spend some time in the greenish-blue room where they are questioned intensively just to make sure that they're here for all the right reasons. And according to our director of security... Mr. Smith has passed, and so he will be able to appear next hour for his very special monthly appearance here on WNBF. By the way, this is the last time that Jerry Smith will be on, so, for the year. Had you going there for a second, right? Oh, he can't be on for the last time. Yeah, it's the last time this year. And then he'll be on in January, and we'll start another year of important discussion of local history with Jerry Smith on our program. Take a look at our website, WNBF.com, if you would like to see inside the new Binghamton Fire Department headquarters. I suppose most people haven't been inside yet. Well, we decided to give you a sneak preview inside Binghamton's $8.5 million fire station, the new headquarters complex. Construction is pretty much complete at the facility on Court Street. Still, issues that uh, need to be finalized. They're putting the finishing touches. Still a lot of work going on. About 20 people busy working inside primarily, although they're doing some exterior work as well. But uh, if you want to get a glimpse inside that new fire station, which should be in operation in a matter of weeks, go to our website, WNBF.com. Of course, we've been following the project with great interest over the last, let's say, few years when it was first proposed after the city decided, eh, we don't dare keep those fire trucks in that station over at City Hall because what what happens, those fire trucks are so heavy, what happens if the concrete floor in the garage gives way? You wouldn't want that to happen. So fortunately, the, uh, the new firehouse has five bays for vehicles and there's nothing underneath the concrete so you don't have to worry about the uh, new bays at the fire department headquarters you don't have to worry about them possibly collapsing and causing big problems so that's good news it's a nice looking station they've got i believe bunk areas for about 11 firefighters kitchen dining area conference rooms of course offices because it'll be fire department headquarters anyway take a look we even have that that little video there Yeah, they're busy. Busy working on your new fire station. 
Court Street in the city of Binghamton. Check it out at WNBF.com. It's 9.53. This is where news breaks first. Bob Joseph live on WNBF, 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. When I ask... WNBF, Bob Joseph live on your Friday morning. Playing with fire. Call in another alarm. Is it fun radio or is it hot radio? 957 WNBF, com. Let's go to email, see what the listeners are writing in front of their keyboards today. Uh, some guy who didn't sign this, I will say, maybe it's not even a guy. Maybe it's... Who knows? In this day and age, who knows? Anyway, it's unsigned, so I have no idea whether it's a man, woman, child, or none of the above. Someone sent an email from somewhere out in Radioland about Paul Whelan. Simple and to the point. Are your hypocritical listeners aware of Whalen's not-so-pure past? He was dishonorably discharged from the Marines. Google his history. Thank you, anonymous viewer. Uh, also, regarding prisoner exchange from a person named Gary who won't identify where he lives. Gary, somewhere on the planet Earth, or maybe elsewhere, where email access is affordable. Putin, 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 I'll tell you why that happened, because Jerry Smith, it's your fault, Jerry. You're, I'm sorry. You come into the room and you've got that gin, you got a bottle of gin, yeah. I've told you, if I've told you once, that's uh, why we have signs here, it says no gin in the studio. Sorry. <laughs> that's my drunk voice, I don't really do a good drunk voice. Well, nice work. Thank you. See what happened? Putin. Putin. Anyway. Putrid Putin. Hey! Oh, sorry. No name calling. Really? That's right. I've lost control already. Well, your December segment's been canceled. (laughs) With prejudice. Uh, Let's see. So, prisoner exchange. Let me see where I left off from that email from a guy named Gary. Somewhere. Somewhere. With affordable internet access. Gary writes, Putin had all the bargaining power in this deal. Do you think... He really cared if the arms dealers stayed in our prison? Look how he treats his own people and the people in Ukraine. You see what I'm saying? So there's your story about President Vladimir Putin. Okay. So I I hope we've all learned something. You see how he treats his own people. By the way, have you seen how some Americans are treated? Yes. So I'm just saying. Well, well, I mean, no, I'm saying how some Americans in this country. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it even on Fox News Channel. Sometimes they show how Americans are being mistreated in America. So you know, you can't. You know, I I know Vladimir Putin. 
This is going to really... You know you're going to do that. It's going to frost his flakes. Yeah, now yeah. I'm going to do it forever. Anyway, well, I will say this. We're going to take a lot of calls next hour about history, okay? Okay. Jerry Smith is live. He's been released. Yay. And he's here in living color. That's right. On WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com, 92.1 FM and 1290. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. A partly sunny sky for today. Temperatures quite seasonable. We're talking near 40. It looks like the run of the 50-degree weather is over for a while. A low tonight will be getting down into the 20s. A Binghamton resident will never again walk the streets of free man following sentencing for the murder of his former girlfriend. 48-year-old Lance Johnson was convicted in July of the murder of Allison Salisbury, who had been in a relationship with Johnson prior to dating Shannon Brooks, who was injured by Johnson in the attack on August 7, 2020, at Brooks's apartment building on Conklin Road in Conklin. Both women had been shot. Johnson was sentenced yesterday to over 75 years in prison for murder, attempted murder, and other charges, meaning he will never again get out of prison alive. In handing down the sentence, Judge Joseph Colley said he would have liked to have been able to issue more than the maximum to the killer, who had a long list of previous arrests prior to the shootings in Conklin. The former recreation director of the village of Waverly admits he altered and destroyed village recreation league documents to cover up his misappropriation of funds. New York State Controller Thomas DiNapoli's office has announced that 67-year-old David Shaw of Sare, Pennsylvania, pleaded guilty to official misconduct, confessing he misappropriated $16,525 in village funds while employed at the village starting in 2015. As part of his plea, Shaw is resigning from his position with the village. Two Sherburne residents are facing charges in connection with several burglaries at businesses in Shenango County. Sheriff's detectives have spent weeks going over evidence from neighborhood and security cameras and Wednesday arrested 50-year-old Andrew Frank Jr. and 49-year-old Rena Jones on felony burglary and felony criminal mischief charges. The pair is accused of breaking into local businesses, stealing money and damaging property several times in November and over the past week. The Shenango Valley School Warriors are looking for a new general, so to speak. David Gill, the superintendent of the Shenango Valley School District, has sent a letter to family and staff this week announcing he will be retiring in March. Gill, who has been with the district as a teacher, principal, and assistant superintendent and superintendent for the past 12 years, cited health issues and wanting to spend more time with family for his reason for stepping back. A major construction project in the town of Dickinson is declared complete by the New York State Department of Transportation. Commissioner Marie-Therese Dominis yesterday announced the $16 million project to replace the bridge carrying Front Street over Interstate 81 at Exit 5 near Otsonango Park is complete. The project included the building of two roundabouts on Route 11 and upgrading a third intersection with a new traffic signal. The work is said to offer increased recreational opportunities, easier bicycle and pedestrian access to the north side of Binghamton and Hudson Angle Park, better access to businesses on Route 11 corridor, and enhanced safety and mobility in the area. An added bonus, according to officials, lies in the environment since traffic circles reduce vehicle idling time at traffic lights, resulting in fewer emissions and improved air quality. 
Major construction work on the new Binghamton Fire Department complex is complete. Some power is now on to the new 20,000-square-foot facility between Court and Pine Streets, while the finishing touches, including installation of additional flooring, is being done. Some more electrical work is waiting to be installed following delays due to equipment delivery problems. It looks like we may be getting some snow activity for the weekend, although it is not a sure thing according to the weather forecast. The National Weather Service does say a low-pressure system will bring a chance for accumulating snow to the area Saturday night through Sunday night. Total accumulations of 2 to 5 inches may be possible with higher totals in the higher elevations. Snow could stick to road surfaces resulting in slippery conditions and an advisory could be needed a little bit later for some other areas. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast for today, however, partly sunny, a high near 40. Mostly clear tonight, a low in the low 20s. Saturday sunny, a high in the low 40s. Then on Sunday, that 80% chance of snow, possibly mixing with and changing to rain through the day. Any sort of liquid precipitation, of course, will impact the snowfall totals. A high on Sunday in the mid to upper 30s. Monday, mostly cloudy, a high in the mid to upper 30s. And Tuesday, sunny, a high in the mid 30s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. Time now to stump the historian on WNBF. Be caller number one at 607-772-1290 and stump the historian. Can you stump historian Gerald Smith? Be caller number one now at 607-772-1290. Joseph live on the big N. <laughs> the Sorry. big N? Well, because where I started. BF. Yeah, that's right. Really. Not affiliated with that basketball league. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, we keep hearing about WNBA. Is that your other bigger station? I said, no, no. it's not a station. It's a league. WNBA has nothing to do with WNBF, as no. far as I know. But now. But now, maybe maybe we'll be acquired that's by the right, WNBA. Heard your introduction. And by. Wouldn't it be great, and it can't happen soon because she's still getting acclimated back to the U.S., but say after a few weeks or a couple months when she wants to um, be interviewed, she could be a co-host of this program. There you go. The Bob and Brittany Show, every weekday morning on WNBF in Binghamton and WNBA in New York City. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you never know. That's true. You know. That's right. I think New York City... My my spies in New York City say they need another sports station. So, yeah. WNBF Binghamton and WNBA New York for sports <laughs> Southern Tier <laughs> all the time, Mister Big Sport. Yes. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. No, I wouldn't go that far. Anyway, welcome back. Thank you, Jerry Smith, historian. Yes, so, um, oh, by the way, I want to emphasize today. We will be taking a lot of calls. Okay, I'm so ready. I'm excited. In case people want to 
call and participate. This, That's right. This, this is the this is the Friday to do it. That because Poland Spring Gin I've been drinking is just wonderful. You know. Say. Oh, that's right. It's a plastic bottle of gin. Pur- purportedly of spring water. That's but, what it says. I was going to say. On the but, other hand, when you went through the security process, the security people took a sample of that, and you're right. It's yes. It's more like a, it's a twenty ounce bottle of I, gin and tonic. I did enjoy the deep cavity search, though. <sighs> Okay, we've gone all over the edge. right. All right. Thank well, thanks, you. Jerry. We'll see you on January 9th, twenty twenty three. There we go. Been a real show. Yep. Wow, that hour went fast. <laughs> Don't worry. When for the West Coast feed, we'll put lots of filler and stuff. That's in, it. You know, yeah. With, you know, stump the clips of previous shows. You can just spice them, splice them together, or spice them together. The the splice girls. Yes. Did you ever? You never had to splice tape, did you? Like reel to reel, or yeah, I mean audio tape. Back when I started in the radio, back about fifteen years ago, you used to have to, uh, if you wanted to edit audio, super, you had to splice super the tape. eight film. So did, did you use a splicing block? Yeah, my friend had it, and and we sometimes the splices were more successful than others. There was an art to it. Yes, you there try not to art. hit the sprocket on the side. Yeah, and so I've never, I never did any film editing, but I edited audio tape, and gosh, I missed that. <laughs> like <laughs> somebody <laughs> dropping an anvil on your phone. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind. Of, I mean, it's nice to wax nostalgically about the good old days of radio, and yeah, but yeah, having, I mean, now the fact that we can edit audio at the touch of a mouse and we could do quick editing yep judicious delightful smooth editing with these edit programs compared to all oh, right you had a grease pencil and you had to mark exactly where on the tape yeah. to cut so anyway those were the days my friend we we're glad they ended thank you, <laughs> thank you. anyway let's uh let's really surprise the listening audience and take a call dave from endicott good morning you're on the air with jerry smith good morning jerry i was just wondering did you ever hear the story about the golden gully no i don't believe so enlighten us please okay up in teeter road which connects to cornell hollow road in a long time ago a guy got the bright idea to thought the side of the hill would go okay i do know this i believe because my grandfather told me something about it oh yeah he sold stocks and like that yeah when he got locked he skipped town never to be seen again right was this uh elon musk's grandfather (laughs) i'm kidding just a joke mr musk no because Uh, my grandfather lived on uh whittemore hill when he was about 12 years old. Where is that? Town of Owego? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, actually, Broome County. Well, it's just it over is the right line. On, I mean, it's got to be right on it's the border. It's almost right on the line, but it's just over the line in Tioga County was where he lived, which is on top well, of the Whittemore Hill Road. Um, not, not to be rude or anything, could you enlighten me with his last name? I've grown up here all my life. Whittemore? Whittemore Lumber and Endicott, Whittemore yeah. Lumber and Box, uh, that was Verge Whittemore's concern. Uh, Whittemore Hill, W H I T T E M O R E. Yep, okay, okay. 
I know it very well. Yeah, because the Cornell and, Hollow, that's John Cornell. Uh, and his, he's the one who founded the university out in Ithaca. Not quite. <laughs> so, Civil War veteran with uh, 22 children. Do you think I'm going to get in trouble for saying stuff yeah, like I think that? Ezra's you know, family yeah, might Ezra, upset. Ezra Cornell's um, descendants. descendants will come and yes. teach me a bitter, and, bitter I don't lesson. think John and Ezra were related <laughs> if they were not closely. Um, well, maybe I went to school with them back in the day. Could be. I mean, well, the Cornells populated the, that school district for for generations. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. There was, quite, there was a nice family. My neighbors really, we got along great with everybody. Yep. Yeah. It was. It's a. But you're set. You're, you're right. It's right on the line. Basically, you can start at one side at the bottom of the hill on the Broome County side, and you head over in the Tioga, and it, the road bends a little bit. But yeah, yep. he told us about the gold mine because I guess some of the local residents invested in this thing, and he salted basically a, a, a hole in the ground, and then he just took off. And then he yep. developed cryptocurrency. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We used to walk up there and even camp out at at the falls as it was gone. Okay, okay. And around uh, around what year was this going on? Would you say? Uh, well, well, I can tell you that my grandfather. Let's see, nineteen oh eight to probably nineteen twelve, nineteen thirteen would have been when this part would have happened. Okay. Because he was born in 1896, and I know he moved up from Scranton into New York State in when he was 12, which puts it wow. at 1908. And then he lived there until he was only 16. Yeah. Because that's when he started working at Endicott Johnson, and he worked there until the day he retired. Wow, he must have went to school with Bob then, didn't he? <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Uh, oh. But uh, but I know he told me about that, and then uh, Emma Cedor, who was a Tioga County historian, told me about the Cornell John Cornell story. I'd yeah. heard about from my grandfather about the Cornell family because he went to school with a lot of them. Uh, but the fact that he he I think he had twenty seven children total, but twenty two lived to adulthood. Wow! With three wives. Three um, wives. Yeah. Well, he kind of outlasted the other two, I guess. But it's, yeah, that's Cornell Hollow down in there at the at the, sort of the dip in the yep. hill. Yep. I live uh, on the Old Valley Road, just about mile and a half. Okay. Above. Yep. One of our volunteers, Chuck Spitz, start. He said, "How do you know about the Cornells?" I said, "My grandfather told me about them." So, because wow. he grew up on that road too, and I, I went, "Okay." Wow. See, it is a small world around here, after it all. Yes, small indeed. World. Hey, thanks for Thank bringing you. that up. I, I learned a thing or two, and now I know what I'm going to do this weekend. Go out and get some gold. There you go. I mean, I'll be... Fool well, some people. People will be like, what's Bob doing with that pick and shovel? It's like, well, he learned something on, well, on the program. P.T. Barnum. There's a really, fool born every minute. Hey. I was one of them. <laughs> they, they have a little plaque at Lord's Hospital. A fool. On, on this minute. A fool was born in this room. That's right. Really. <laughs> Memorialized. We we tried to help him, but... That's right. Doctor gave him a slap and sent him on his way. Said, not much we can do. Sorry. You're sorry, sorry Mom. 
Mama, he's yours. Georgia from Binghamton. We have Georgia on our mind. Good morning. Hi, Bob. Hi. And, and, and Jerry, how Hi. are you doing today? Good. Hi. Um, I'm calling to ask, um, I, I live uh, at the Hamilton House in Binghamton, New York, where they, of course, refurbished it into mm-hmm. independent living here. Yes. Well, um, uh, some of the people here, there's two people in here that live here that went to school here. Now, I have tried to get a hold of Roger Luther a couple times. I've emailed him, but nothing. And people are interested in having someone come here and speak about the school, tell them about it. They knew that Rod Stewart, uh, Sterling went to school here. So that's my question for the day. Okay. Um I I can I go to the library and Well, Roger would be I Yeah, I mean, I don't do a program on it. I mean, I have a lot of programs I do around the community. Um yeah. and I know I spoke there years ago yeah. to the yeah. to to the residents uh not about the school. It was just one of my you know, regular programs. Um, yeah. Yeah, it would take some doing. Someone would have to do a lot of research about the old Alexander Hamilton School. and, and uh, Well, they were even, um, I mean, geez, you don't know. I sent out a list from here, or a paper, and they would not believe the things that they would like. Like they want to talk about the um, psych center, and that when I was that is really. Oh, out. well, Roger would be the one to speak to that because that's been his research, major research project that's, for many years. Yeah. Um, if, there were several things. Uh, well, you know, let me give you my email address because people can contact me i do programs for organizations and such i do have to charge fifty dollars because it's my gas and equipment and time and such and daddy needs new shoes that's right or at least somebody in the house needs new shoes i know that um so it's history smiths h-i-s-t-o-r-y s-m-i-t-h-s like like there was more than one of me, at okay. com. Okay. That's my business email, and if you send out a message, I'll look into it, because there's a lots of programming. I'm just oh, starting yeah. back up doing in-person programming after the last oh, couple of you? years. Uh-huh. So I've yeah. done about four in the last few months, and I've got another one scheduled for January, but they're, they're always welcome well, to was- contact me. Thank you very much. Oh, thank and you. I also wanted to tell you, and I know Bob knows, I'm from Quinnyville, original. Ah, okay. I love Quinnyville. Which, 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 which county side were you on? I was on the Broome County side. Okay. For people who don't know, the county line goes right through Quinnyville, too. So. Yeah, right through Quinnyville. I love it. My son... My son lives on the Squirrel Hill Road. Well, I'll tell you, he lives in an old farmhouse, but they've redone it over. They've lived there over 20 years now. Okay. And, well, they pay their taxes in Shenango County, and they have to go to Shenango County to right. whatever. Right, right. But the kids, uh, the two girls, still go, to, and they go to Shenango Forks School. Shenango Forks, okay. Yeah, because the line but is... The line is up there again for Shenango Forks, and then what's the other side? Yeah. Harper, Harpersville? Harpersville. Harpersville, yes. okay. Yes. Craziest thing I've ever bought. Well, what are you going to do? Well, it's, mm. it's the way it is. I was going to say, don't yes, get me started. No, we already went through this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Georgia. All right, thank you. 
1023 WNBF, our great friend George Basler actually wrote a story for the newspaper in 1999 about the dedication of uh, the Hamilton mm. House. And his article actually appeared almost exactly 23 years ago. It was December 10th, 1999. Wow. In the present Sun Bulletin, and the headline says... Binghamton School starts a new life. Yep. Building rededicated as senior living center. And there's a photo of um, the old Alexander Hamilton Elementary School. And they did a very nice job. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I've never been inside. I've seen it from the outside. Right. And, um, yeah, so, uh, and that was, um, I think it's still uh, operated by SEP. Yeah, I yeah, believe SEP. so. Yep, SEP. they do a lot of those. Yeah, I was at one of their facilities this morning over uh, Marion Apartments over okay. on uh, Harriel Hooper. Uh, no, uh, no Endwell. Uh, Hooper. Hooper Road across from oh, that's uh, Marion. Yes, Main yes. Endwell Senior High School. Yeah, they have a lot of uh, a lot of facilities around the region. Yeah, they do. So, in fact, I will be with George on Monday at a book signing. Do tell. Well. Not that we didn't plan this, folks, but that was a good segue. It's a beautiful segue. On Monday, December 12th, starting at f- from 5.30 to 8, there are two new books. The authors, um, John Lancaster, he wrote The Great Race, Glory, Tragedy, and the Dawn of American Aviation. And Amy Truesdell wrote From Binghamton to the Battlefield, The Civil War Letters of Roland B. Truesdell. And they'll both be, it's going to be held in the exhibit room on the second floor of the Broome County Library. Plus, the History Center is going to be open with refreshments. And in case you don't want to buy one of their books, they're going to be speaking briefly. George, Roger, and I are all going to be there with copies of our books that you can purchase. And we will personally sign them. I like that. Because I have no other life, so I might as well do it. Don't put it that way. No, you should put it this way. I'm extremely busy, but I have been able to find a few minutes in my schedule to be able to do this because of the popular demand. Plus, plus George and Roger and I like to sit and talk anyway. It's kind of like what we do here once a month. Basically. We would do it anyway, but they said... Yeah, if you want to do it on the air. So I, what the I, I think there's a total of uh, two, four, six, seven books besides the two authors' two new books that'll be available for purchase. And then is on Monday, Monday, December twelfth, from five thirty to eight at the Broome County Public Library on the second floor. Convenient parking located on the Court Street. That's right, parking lot. Yes. Not far from the brand new fire station. Did you see I went inside the I, new fire station? I saw that. It's nice looking. It's beautiful. It beats what they had. Well, yeah, for one thing, they're going to be able to park the, all the equipment yeah. in without fear of it falling uh, through. The floor's them. not going to go through and kill somebody below, yeah. you know? And, uh, you know, I was looking through. It's uh, 20,000 square feet. I found just the right space, just the right size for a radio studio. So I'm thinking there you go. of uh, when they move in there. I think they're probably going to move in in February. Personally, that's my oh, okay, that's my guess. But it could happen sooner. I mean, one of the things they look it, like they're getting close. Oh, they're very close. But one of the things, you know, you can't you can't get a certificate of occupancy without the, your electrical breaker box. And yes, unless you have the parts come in. I mean, you could order the parts a year in advance, but if they don't come in, you're not getting your certificate of it's, occupancy. That's right. So, anyway, uh, I think the 
I think the people at the fire department will be really pleased that uh, the radio show will originate right across from their conference room. There you go. I found a... They don't know it yet. The oh, fire chief well. hasn't heard, but, you know... What the that's, heck? Again, that's confidential. Yeah, and of course. No one else is listening. Really, there. the... Eyes, nope. no one's eyes. <laughs> as, as they say, the the eyes. No, there are calls standing. Yes, by. there are calls. The eyes need to be crossed and the T's need to be dotted. But um, you know, our people will be talking with their people, and we'll uh, we'll do a deal. That's right, and have lunch. <laughs> of course. By the way, and this is true too. Firefighters eat well because, and you need to, because some of the uh, firefighters, they're extremely good cooks. So, yeah. say for at mealtime, and I know because I always have a habit of calling over at mealtime. It's like, hi, this is Bob. It's like, well, Bob, we just sat down for lunch, you know, and it's like, Oh yeah, of course it's it's twelve fifteen. How, yeah. how 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 imaginative that you would eat lunch at the at lunch time. Yeah. But anyway, so that that actually will work out well. So after the program, then I can have lunch with with the firefighters. There you go. Yeah, cool. So it's a win win. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a little column on WNBF dot com. I'll call it Food with Firefighters. I'll do it every Monday on WNBF.com. There you go. We're all waiting with bated breath. Mm, that will be a little smelly by the time we Binghamton, get around Binghamton Hot Chili. Ooh, there the we go. Fire Department Secret uh, Recipes. With the Spicy Girls. 1029 <laughs> WNBF. More calls coming up. Bob Joseph with the Norded. Norded. <laughs> yes, the Norded historian, Gerald Smith. Fortunately, this is just a test show to see if the transmitter is still working. It's it won't be by the not, end of this hour. No. The engineer. The engineer is probably driving up Ingram Hill right now, getting set to pull the plug. Hmm. <laughs> This is uh, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Looking for a large wood stove? The Yodel F500 V3 Oslo wood stove features both front and side loading convenience and a legendary catalytic clean-burning combustion efficiency. Be kind to the environment and save with a government 26% tax credit on purchase and installation. TallPinesFarm.com Farm, can we build a fire for you? News Radio 
Wow, those were the days, my friend. That's right. Thank you, Mary. Mary Hopkins. Yeah. Written by Boris Fulman and Gene Raskin. And produced by Paul McCartney. The legendary Paul McCartney. Yeah, because... Sir they, Paul McCartney. They were involved with Apple Records, and that's yes. who put out the album. And then they got tired of making records, and they started making iPads and iPhones. Yes, many, many. Made a lot more money from iPhones than they ever did from records, but... Well, Steve Apple. I mean, I'm sorry. No. I was going to say, you know, some people are taking copious Tim, notes. And Tim, so, Tim Apple. Yeah, people people leave this hour not knowing which end is up. That's it's like, true. Well, I didn't realize that Apple Records eventually evolved into the company that made the iPhone. Gee, that's... That's interesting. That's intriguing. But not right. <laughs> not exactly correct. No. No, no folks. So. We, that's even beyond hyperbole. Yeah. And, of course, as always... I regret the error. I might not, but that, I'm not the host. Let's go to the state that gave us live free or die on their license plates. Rye, New Hampshire. Al, you're on the air. Hey, Jerry. Hey. Uh, yes, those were the days, my friend. Yes. Uh, this is my weak attempt to try to stump you, Jerry. Okay. You. It's not that hard, but trust me. <laughs> Back in my heyday, when I frequented the jet set bar scene, like Shenango Room, Hillcrest Tavern, okay. Ponda Rosa. Yeah. Ponda Rosa, where I met my dear wife for 54 years, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I lived with a bunch of young link engineers at 10 West Catherine Street, and uh, we frequently grabbed burgers from Henry's on the corner around there. Okay. But uh, we ate more substantial meals at the diner right next to Henry's. And my question to you was, what was its name? Oh. <sighs> Henry's, I know, because I remember going there as a mm. kid. Uh, the diner. <sighs> well, well, because the 60s, so it was probably before your time. But you're, you're a historian, so you're supposed to I'm know. I'm supposed to know everything so what, I know. So what street... What street was it on? Court Street? I mean, Main Street? Well, it's Main Street. Well, what's that little street Henry's? Is it Terry or what, what is it? Oh, Clark. The one that comes, yeah, Clark comes Clark. down there. Doesn't that, that's yeah. where um, the, the cafe. Yeah, because there yeah, was. Corner of Clark and Main. Yeah, that's where the Peppy Cafe is right now. Yeah, and it, before that, was it like Kentucky something chicken? Not Kentucky Fried. No, that that's the one. Um, yeah, I'll I'll help you a little bit. That was oh. yeah, you're right. That was Kennedy's. Oh yeah, Kennedy's fried Thank chicken. You. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. next door to but Henry's that, was that, that that was Scoville Ford. Yeah, Scoville Ford was at one sixty seven Main Street. That much I know. Yeah. Oh, that was Arrow Ford. Well, well it started out as Arrow, but uh, Scoville yeah, left because yeah. uh, Scoville worked for. Miller's, I think, and then yeah. he went over well, to. Well, I remember the Arrow Ford was right in our backyard. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you've got me stumped because I don't know the name of it offhand. The only thing I remember was Danny's Diner. Um, that's, that's too far away. Yeah, I know, but it's close. Well, they moved Danny's Diner well, from just, another just location. Down, just down the street was the Tally Hole. Yes. Oh, and then it burned. Well, and somebody it, burned it. It yes, burns. It burns yes, several it times. For various reasons, and then it finally did burn all the way down. Right, I remember that because I used to get my liver and onions in there. And I was <laughs> sad when it burned. Oh yes. But, uh, 
Okay, I'm going to help you. We used to go in there, and it was a Greek guy. His name was George. Okay. And he had specials and uh, really good food. And he'd look over at our booth, and one of one of the guys ate a lot. And when his plate was empty, George would come over and fill it back up with more. That was the kind of place it was. <laughs> which and, uh, which you, anyway, I wish we still had today, though. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was the Oasis Tea Room. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. For, for some reason, I kept thinking the Oasis at one point was on Shenango Street. Well, I think that was true, too. Uh, it may have been more than one in town, but it was the Oasis TV. Yeah, and it was, I know it was owned by a Greek family. Yeah. Yeah, because now, and thankfully, we have this big pile of newspapers here. So I, just, I, I quick found the newspaper back when they called it the press in February 1980. And there's a picture of that diner at Main and Clark, the Oasis Tea Room. And uh, it said the sweet taste of yesterday, and it showed the swan-necked fountains yep. and the owner, George Anastos, making ice yes. cream parlor treats. I'll be darned. George, what a nice guy he was. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I that... remember one Saturday morning, one Saturday morning, a car backed out of Henry's and right into the side of the Oasis Tea Room. Oh. And George was in the kitchen, and it it knocked him down, and I guess he ended up get, having to have treatment. But oh my goodness! <laughs> that's one of the little things. I remember. Oh my goodness! We're, we're back in the we're back in the '60s here. Yeah, you know we're, we're talking like 1966, seven. Okay, ish. So you're in Rye, New Hampshire. So does that mean you and your friends spend Friday nights drinking Moxie soda? Yeah, I'm not into Moxie. My dad used to. Uh, my dad used to love that, and he'd give me a drink of it and like like the look on my face. When kind of, <laughs> yeah, you know, there you go. But, uh, yes, Moxie, yeah, Moxie was fairly popular. I remember Ted Williams used to advertise it. But uh, okay, yeah, I still yeah. have uh, in the newsroom just outside the studio. I have uh, uh, a sign. It's not an original sign, but it's. Uh, it's a, an approximation of what those advertising signs used to look like with uh, Ted Williams uh, encouraging young people to drink sugar-filled moxies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've got one of those. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they're all the rage. Anyway, well, I appreciate yeah. your uh, call from Rye, New Hampshire. Well, I'm, I'm proud that I stumped Gary. Yep, you should be. <laughs> and your, your certificate will be in the mail there as soon you go. as... As soon as we can get enough money to buy a printer. There we go. Selena from Binghamton, you're on the air. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Bob. Great show today. Oh, thank you. Great. Um, I was just wondering, the Shenango River adjacent to Water Street, was that actually moved by man back in the 1935-36 flood? Uh, no. No, I mean, the path of the Shenango down along that stretch has been pretty uniform since the late 1700s. Um, a stretch of it about where Otzeningo Park is was rerouted when the highway development was going through. Oh. Uh, but but the stretch along uh, Wall Street, Water Street, that area, that's been... Um, I'm going to add a caveat to what I just said. The section of the Shenango River... Right by the East Clinton Street Bridge, 
just north of that, uh, used to go, they, they had what they called a sluiceway uh, next to it that bore off because there used to be Noise Island. Oh, In fact, there's, no, a Noise Island su- there's a Noise Island substation that NYSEG still runs there. Oh, they still run it? Yep, they still run it. And during the 1935 flood, uh, that got that inundated that those were river flats down there, stow flats. And so that section, the sluiceway was closed up because uh, the noise comb factory had used it at one point for water power to power their factory. And But the main part of the river has stayed the same. It's just that they joined the island to the main part. Uh, in fact, the little part of Eldridge Street that you drive over by the noise substation was technically a bridge at one point. Oh, um, that's why. Right. But the section below, south of the East Clinton Street Bridge down to where it con- uh, converges with the Susquehanna, that has stayed the same. Jerry, thank you for clearing that up for me. I've been wondering about that for years. Oh, well, no problem. Thank you. Information is our commodity. Thanks for the call. 1043. More calls coming up. You're listening to the legendary historian, Gerald Smith, available only on one radio station at the moment, WNBF. (laughs) Who's third? is making you lonely you can always go downtown when you've got worries all the noise and the hurry seems to help i know downtown. that's where we are yes. San- oh, by the way SantaCon plus is coming up Ooh. so if you enjoyed SantaCon last weekend as much as we did yeah SantaCon Plus. Uh, stay tuned. I'll have details. SantaCon Plus. It's not just bigger. It's different. Yes. <laughs> It'll be in downtown Binghamton. Okay. SantaCon Plus will be the first annual SantaCon Plus. And, um, yeah, I think I think it's the stuff of which memories will be made. <laughs> yes. We didn't always say they're good memories, but they're well, I didn't memories. say they're good memories. There's no. memories. You know, lots of news crews. Yes. I've called Geraldo. Ooh. <laughs> well, we're in a bunker, so it's sort of like Al Capone's vault, so he'll he'll be... Uh... He's not allowed in here, no. No. I'm staying in here for my own safety. This, I think so. This could be my my safe room. There you go. Yeah. So SantaCon Plus coming to downtown Binghamton. Stay tuned. I'm going to invite, in addition to Geraldo, Don Lemon. Um, <laughs> who else just got fired? Um... Uh, the woman who, for 21 years, anchored the morning yes. show on Headline News. Yes, Robin um, Mead. Robin Givens. Robin Quivers. No. Robin Mead. Robin Mead. It was. Ding, 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 ding. Thank you. you. Yeah. I get the prize. So, so in, in exchange for her loyalty of more than two decades, they fired her, and now they simulcast the uh, CNN morning news on Headline News. Boy, that shows you how. Imagine what Ted Turner must be thinking. It's like. What happened? Yeah. You know, when I. When I turned over the keys to the place, everything was fine, and, and now look what they've done. Yeah. Anyway, let's take some calls. Okay. Mark in Vestal, you're on the air with Jerry Smith. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. I was sort of wondering about some aviation history. I was 
a lot of documentation regarding before Broome County Airport, Tri-Cities was the major airport, and before that there was the Endicott Airport. But I haven't seen much in the way of documentation on the Owego Airport and the Sweet Haven Airport. Well, Sweet Haven was a private field, uh, even though a lot of small planes went out and in there. Um and the Owego, I'm not very familiar with because it's outside of what I usually studied. Where was the Owego Airport? If you go directly north from Apple Lake and about halfway between the Tri-Cities Airport and the village of Owego. Okay. Well, and there was Bennett Field. That well, what, was, what road was it near? That I'm not sure, but it was hard against the river. Okay. okay. Well, I know, I know a guy was... Landing a plane over on Marshland Road near Owego Heat Tree, and he crashed his plane. And I'm wondering if that is something that constituted um, the Owego Airport. I just know he crashed his plane, and I think he died. I think he was the mm. owner of the business, and I think I don't, I don't recall. It right. was before my time, but I remember seeing a story about it. So I'm trying to remember if if that was actually a landing strip or not. Well, Bennett Field was started f- by the government back in the '60s. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Now Bennett Field was our first airport, and that's where Otsunigo Park is today. Uh, Tri Cities comes a little while after that. I mean, the current Broome County Airport, the Greater Binghamton Airport. At Edwin A. Link Field, I'll get the whole name in, doesn't start until the mid-1950s. Um, yeah, Ralph Sweet Row, the, the hangar is still standing, as far as I know, at what was Sweet Haven, and has a number of uh, pilot signatures on the wall. When they would land, they would sign like a post or something. So that that's still standing. Because um, last time I knew, Nick Serafini owned the property. Uh, up there, and uh, yeah, there's we we had a volunteer, uh, Bill Camp, who just passed away not too long ago, who did a tremendous amount of research on local aviation history. Um, but the Wego one escapes me; I just wasn't that familiar with it. And tell me, you made reference to something called the Endicott Airport before Tri Cities. Where was the Endicott Airport? Not too far from where. Route 26 crosses 17C yep. by the drugstore. In fact, uh, book signing, the event, the man landed. It was it was an international. It was a coast to coast, coastal intercoastal air race, and Binghamton was the first stop. And what they did is they landed at at the Endicott Airport because this is back in oh I will tell you momentarily, nineteen October nineteen nineteen. Uh, and they landed at a field at West Endicott, which would be the Endicott Airport you're referring wow. to. Huh. Right. That's why I keep coming in because I, I always, I always a, yeah, yeah, I always learn. Yeah, because Tri Cities was started by Endicott Johnson to fly their sales reps in and be here. Well, now I know. Yeah, and uh, according to the newspaper, without being more specific, Owego Airport was two miles west of Owego. Yoga Airport that was west of town. Mm. All right. Well, we've learned 
something today. Maybe next month we'll focus entirely on local aviation. Ooh, I'll have to bone up on that yeah, one. Including the guy who owned Broome County's first helicopter. Ah. It's 1052. Stay tuned for the information you crave on local history on WNBF. At night. WNBF with the best history in the world. Thanks to Jerry Smith. Let's go back to the phones. Dick and Nineveh, you're on the air with Mr. Smith. Hello, yes. Um, we live up near Birch Pond. Okay. And uh, we've heard there's a lot of history to the Birch Pond area. However, nobody's been able to find any photographs or postcards. Even the Colesville Historical Society has has no no uh, uh, documentation uh, or postcards of that area, and we're requiring. Have you seen anything for that? <clears throat> no, actually, I haven't. Um, I know the Broom County Historical Society. We've got a postcard collection of about fifteen hundred different images from around Broom County. I'll be honest; I don't recall. One of that. Um, you know, Aquaga Lake, yes. Uh, some of the other, a lot of other bodies of water, but I don't recall mm. one of that. Well, that'll be one of uh, his assignments. We'll try to yeah. give you information next month, okay? Okay. All right. Well, sorry, you have momentarily stumped him. That's but right, but I'll do some digging. Yes, deep, deep digging between now... Well, not too much, because the pond could, like, give way oh, and that's right. just leak out or something. It'd but be a tragedy. Yeah, but thanks for the question. Gerald Smith, I wish you and yours a happy holiday season, and I trust you will return on the second Friday of January. I have it on my schedule, and same to all the listeners and to you, Bob. Ho, ho, ho. Merry history. That's right. With Bob Joseph and Jerry Smith on WNBF and WNBF.com. First. Friday morning on News Radio, WNBF Binghamton. It's 11 o'clock. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. A partly sunny sky for today. Temperatures quite seasonable. We're talking near 40. It looks like the run of the 50-degree weather is over for a while. A low tonight will be getting down into the 20s. A Binghamton resident will never again walk the streets of free man following sentencing for the murder of his former girlfriend. 48-year-old Lance Johnson was convicted in July of the murder of Allison Salisbury, who had been in a relationship with Johnson prior to dating Shannon Brooks, who was injured by Johnson in the attack on August 7, 2020, at Brooks's apartment building on Conklin Road in Conklin. Both women had been shot. Johnson was sentenced yesterday to over 75 years in prison for murder, attempted murder, and other charges, meaning he will never again get out of prison alive. In handing down the sentence, Judge Joseph Colley said he would have liked to have been able to issue more than the maximum to the killer, who had a long list of previous arrests prior to the shootings in Conklin. 
The former recreation director of the village of Waverly admits he altered and destroyed village recreation league documents to cover up his misappropriation of funds. New York State Controller Thomas DiNapoli's office has announced that 67-year-old David Shaw of Sare, Pennsylvania, pleaded guilty to official misconduct, confessing he misappropriated $16,525 in village funds while employed at the village starting in 2015. As part of his plea, Shaw is resigning from his position with the village. Two Sherburne residents are facing charges in connection with several burglaries at businesses in Shenango County. Sheriff's detectives have spent weeks going over evidence from neighborhood and security cameras and Wednesday arrested 50-year-old Andrew Frank Jr. and 49-year-old Rena Jones on felony burglary and felony criminal mischief charges. The pair is accused of breaking into local businesses, stealing money and damaging property several times in November and over the past week. The Shenango Valley School Warriors are looking for a new general, so to speak. David Gill, the superintendent of the Shenango Valley School District, has sent a letter to family and staff this week announcing he will be retiring in March. Gill, who has been with the district as a teacher, principal, and assistant superintendent and superintendent for the past 12 years, cited health issues and wanting to spend more time with family for his reason for stepping back. A major construction project in the town of Dickinson is declared complete by the New York State Department of Transportation. Commissioner Marie-Therese Dominis yesterday announced the $16 million project to replace the bridge carrying Front Street over Interstate 81 at Exit 5 near Otsonango Park is complete. The project included the building of two roundabouts on Route 11 and upgrading a third intersection with a new traffic signal. The work is said to offer increased recreational opportunities, easily bicycle and pedestrian access to the north side of Binghamton and Otsonango Park, better access to businesses on Route 11 corridor, and enhanced safety and mobility in the area. An added bonus, according to officials, lies in the environment since traffic circles reduce vehicle idling time at traffic lights, resulting in fewer emissions and improved air quality. Major construction work on the new Binghamton Fire Department complex is complete. Some power is now on to the new 20,000-square-foot facility between Court and Pine Streets, while the finishing touches, including installation of additional flooring, is being done. Some more electrical work is waiting to be installed following delays due to equipment delivery problems. It looks like we may be getting some snow activity for the weekend, although it is not a sure thing according to the weather forecast. The National Weather Service does say a low-pressure system will bring a chance for accumulating snow to the area Saturday night through Sunday night. Total accumulations of 2 to 5 inches may be possible with higher totals in the higher elevations. Snow could stick to roads surfaces resulting in slippery conditions and an advisory could be needed a little bit later for some other areas. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast for today, however, partly sunny, a high near 40. Mostly clear tonight, a low in the low 20s. Saturday, sunny, a high in the low 40s. Then on Sunday, that 80% chance of snow, possibly mixing with and changing to rain through the day. Any sort of liquid precipitation, of course, will impact the snowfall totals. A high on Sunday in the mid to upper 30s. Monday, mostly cloudy, a high in the mid to upper 30s. And Tuesday, sunny, a high in the mid 30s. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM.
Tom Joseph live on News Radio WNBF 921 FM 1290 AM. We're having fun on a Friday morning. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is the number if you wish to participate in our broadcast endeavor. You can also email the program, bob at wnbf.com. Remember, we're on the air. Two frequencies, Kenneth, 92.1 FM and 12.90 AM, also available on the free WNBF app, so you can pretty much be connected wherever you go assuming you have internet access, and uh, also streaming at WNBF.com. Always a pleasure to have our monthly chats with Gerald Smith. He will return on January 9th. Be there. Oh, Mario from Endicott. I believe still Endicott. uh, Regarding my comments about the old Endicott Airport, and here I thought I kind of knew everything, or almost everything about Endicott and West Endicott. Turns out I was incorrect. I I didn't know that uh, apparently, according to Mario, the uh, Endicott Airport was on the site of the present Charles F. Johnson Elementary School across from Enjoy Golf Course, right next to Our Lady of Good Counsel Church, and near the currently closed restaurant where we had so many fine meals over the years. So that, evidently, is where the airport was located. Well, that makes sense. And, of course, the beautiful Red Carpet Inn. Well, it was beautiful. When Red Carpet Inn, speaking of history, it's amazing how one thing can always lead to another. So the Red Carpet Inn, which is located adjacent to the Charles F. Johnson Elementary School in West Endicott, that was, in its day, quite the place. When it opened... It was billed as the Southern Tier's first all-electric lodging place. So it opened in April 1963. It originally was known as the Royal Coachman Motel, 61 rooms directly across from the golf course. So it was the Royal Coachman Motel. And I did a story about this place about four years ago because the woman who owned it at the time was trying to find somebody to buy it. Uh, So the story that I did in 2018 noted that when the place opened in April 1963, the advertising said it was ultra-modern. It said the property is located just southwest of Charles F. Johnson Elementary School. Um, Anyway, it took a while. took a while for uh, someone to show up and actually buy the place. And 
earlier this year, actually was uh, in August, we ran a story about plans for that closed motel because the guy who now owns it lives in New Jersey. So I tracked him down, and the guy in New Jersey told me that he wants to redevelop it and renovate it. Uh, One day when I was driving by, I saw a couple of guys working on a room in that motel, and I thought, well, that's interesting. What what actually is going on there? And they were they told me they were uh, renovating one of the rooms in the old motel so they could turn it into, say, a model apartment or a model room. I don't know how far they got, but uh, so they were actually working to, to start renovations. Now, when I spoke with the new owner last August, he acknowledged that nothing was going to happen quickly at that site in West Endicott. He did apparently receive some money from the COVID Relief Fund, the American Rescue Plan Act, the federal money. So he received $350,000, I believe, through the Town of Union Local Development Corporation to try to cover some of the cost of that project. So we'll see what happens if that old motel can ever reopen. But that's just a, a sense of some of the things going on over there in West Endicott. So even though you drive by there and still see the place boarded up, there is hope for the future. Well, that's interesting. Again, I had no clue at all that uh, there had been a West Endicott airport. That's funny because my uh, mom and my grandparents <laughs> who lived in West Endicott, uh, for some reason... Never bothered to tell me, oh, yeah, Bob, there used to be an airport here. Hmm. Well, now I know. It's 11.15 at News Radio WNBF, and thank you, Mario, for uh, the note. Always good to see some familiar names who listen to the program. We've got more coming up if you want to contribute, if you still want to talk about history or other things. Maybe you want to talk about uh, the future. I think that a lot of interesting things are going to happen around here in 2023. That is uh, virtually a guarantee. We seem to be on hold over the last couple of years, but some projects that have been in the works here in Broome County over the last two or three years, actually may get going in the coming year. And so I think you're going to see some really interesting things in the coming months. And here at News Radio WNBF, we will cover those stories. We've got uh, actually a very interesting story, an update on a major project that uh, we will provide on our website this afternoon, WNBF.com. Look for that. We've got some uh, pictures, even some video. So if you want to know what's going on around here, keep an eye on our website, WNBF.com. It's where news breaks first. They're big.
1119 WNBF political news. Well, she did it. She did it. Kirsten Cinema says she's no longer a Democrat. She says she is an independent. So congratulations to Kirsten Cinema from Arizona in the spotlight. She's an independent. Now, Joe Manchin should do that. <laughs> if you want to see people really uh, celebrating, Joe Manchin. Let Joe Manchin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Joe Manchin. You can, uh, I think Joe Manchin shouldn't just repudiate his membership as a Democrat. He should, yes... Get out of the Democrat Party and then register as a Republican. If you want to see the fun begin, I say Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin should become a Republican. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that would be fantastic. So, of course, the announcement by Kirsten Cinema is a major media production. She uh, rolled this out in a very interesting orchestrated fashion. I give her people credit for uh, doing this sort of thing because it was uh, done with a certain degree of finesse. I think, actually, if I'm not mistaken, Kirsten Cinema probably has presidential aspirations. That's my gut feeling. So it's always when something happens, there's always more to the story. So at some point, Kirsten Gillibrand excuse me, Kirsten Cinema we can get in trouble with everybody now. Anyway, I think Cinema ultimately wants to run for president, but then don't all senators? In her first live interview, just after making her announcement on Twitter that she was leaving the Democratic Party and going to register as an independent, Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema called into a TV station called KTAR in Phoenix to reassure the great people of Arizona that she will continue to do exactly what she's been doing, including her committee rules. She uh, would not say if she would caucus for her former party alongside other independents like Bernie Sanders and Angus King. Mm -hmm. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sure our producer is going to effort that piece of audio. The realistic um, outcome for this is that I'll retain my committees and I'll continue to be an independent voice for Arizona. I'm going to show up to work every day as an independent, proud of the work I do for Arizona. And I'm going to continue working with my colleagues of both political parties and those who don't have a party. All right. Now, as far as Chuck Schumer, his reaction, I don't see anything on his... Chuck Schumer official account about this. Let me just 
see if uh, if I've missed. He must have said something. He must have said something about this because I can't can't imagine can't imagine for a moment that he hasn't released some sort of statement. Let's see what uh, we can find, if anything. Uh, Charles Schumer. Hmm. Well, you have to admit, Charles Schumer is not going to be impressed by this move. The White House press secretary called Cinema a key partner following her decision and said the White House has every reason to expect that we will continue to work successfully with her. Just like the White House has managed to work successfully so often with Joe Manchin. A story from CNN says uh, Cinema and West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin have made some people unhappy because they often have stood in the way of President Biden's agenda. So, when you think about it, I'm not all that surprised. I might be surprised by the timing, but I don't really... I don't really think it's a big surprise. Did did Kirsten Cinema did she act like a Democrat most of the time that she's been in the Senate? I think she was a Democrat when it was convenient, and then when she wanted to get her own way on certain legislation, then she did what she could. To block things or stall things so she could get her own way. And in a similar way that we saw with Joe Manchin. That's why I wouldn't be surprised. Let Joe Manchin become an independent. Or better yet, let Joe Manchin announce today that he's a Republican. That's what he should do. That'll really get people whipped into a frenzy on a Friday during holiday season. It's 11:26 Bob Joseph on your radio station News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM 12:90 AM and streaming at wnbf.com.
Out of time, 1130 WNBF. Uh, we're almost out of time, but we do have a few minutes left in our broadcast week. See, uh, the Arizona Democratic Party chairperson has issued a statement on Senator Cinema, who is in the political spotlight today. The statement says, in part, Democrats have shown Arizonans they are guided by Arizona values above all else. Democrats know that Arizonans want good-paying jobs, an equitable economy, and a chance at a better future. Through several pieces of historic legislation and Senator Sinema's help, Democrats have made huge headway on delivering that for Arizonans. However... Arizonans also need their voting rights protected and corporations to pay their fair share. Again, I'm reading a statement from the chair of the Arizona Democratic Party. Unfortunately, in those areas, Senator Cinema has fallen dramatically short, leaving Arizonans behind. As a party, we welcome independent voters and their perspectives. Statement says Senator Cinema may now be registered as an independent, but she has shown she answers to corporations and billionaires, not Arizonans. Senator Cinema's party registration means nothing if she continues to not listen to her constituents. So it's basically the Democrats in Arizona say saying to Kirsten Cinema, "Hey, thanks for playing." She was a Democrat. It seems, again, I'm standing far, far away from the state of Arizona. It just seems that the reality is that uh, Kirsten Gillibrand was a Democrat when it was convenient, and she enjoyed her position of power in the Senate, just as Joe Manchin from West Virginia enjoyed his position of power in the Senate because of the 50-50 split, they uh, they took full advantage of that. And I'm not saying I would do anything different. If I wanted to get my own way, and I was a senator, and in that situation where I had the power to block the will of the rest of my party members, I might be inclined to pull that sort of thing. After all, it's not personal, it's just politics. But the the reality, if you look closely at how things work in Washington, I know, we've said it before, and I'll say it again and again and again. Money talks, no one walks. It's about the money, whether in the past for Sen- Senator Cinema, I would say, sadly, for all senators... You look closely, examine their records closely, and because of the way our system is set up, because you need money if you want to keep getting reelected, that means the people who have lots of money will continue to get your attention with their campaign donations. So as long as that is the way our system works, those individuals and organizations and businesses that have access to lots of money will certainly get the best Congress that can be bought. But then for 
the rest of us, we just basically have to hold our breath and hope that legislation designed to support specific industries doesn't adversely affect our lives. It's 1134. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Of course, the one thing we can promise you is Kirsten Cinema will be the toast of the talk show circuit today here at WNBF starting at noon with Dan Bongino, continuing at 3 with Sean Hannity, and of course with more at 6 this evening with Mark Levin. So, although we haven't talked about Senator Sinema's decision very much, you can bet your bottom dollar that she will be uh, discussed with enthusiasm uh, on the programs for the rest of the day and probably for the next week. Right here on your favorite radio station, News Radio WNBF. If you want to talk about this, you can talk about national politics, or if you want to talk about music or something that's just plain fun. Maybe you want to have some fun this weekend. If you're going to do some fun things, you can call in and talk about that. 607-772-1290 is the number. The email address is bob at wnbf.com. Dr. Travis... forget about me even though i'll be away on saturday and sunday i will return monday and don't you forget about that let's go back to the phones right now on a friday morning eleven forty. good morning wnbf you're on the air what's your first name where are you calling from oh that was quick bob um martin from the first ward here hey how, how are things in the ward oh uh, great i had a bizarre dream last night about the ward but i, I won't get into that but um oh something i i think i know the dream with masti huba and kirsten cinema but i won't go any further okay continue well there was another guy named al perinsky too that used to um come around and like when we were playing basketball for the church and he'd come around and stuff and um but he was also a staple down through there too so i can't dismiss him this was the late 60s and early 70s so he he kind of took place of that um but anyway it was 
it was nice. It, it ended very nicely, and it was a, this was a great time, place to grow up and everything, and all that. But um, anyway, I'm calling about. I had to laugh last night. That <laughs> um, seen Marjorie Taylor Greene was whining that her phone wasn't ringing. Nobody was calling me. I I live here in Georgia, and I no, nobody was calling me to endorse him much, you know. And I certainly would have. And so with the demise of Herschel Walker losing, that made um, Trump's uh, 0 for 7 with his major candidates that he endorsed. Well, he truly is a former guy. When you look at what happened, what transpired uh, during the the big midterm elections in November, and then what also occurred with the special election in Georgia, it it certainly, I think it certainly proves what the American people now think of him. Well, you know, hopefully, I mean, you know, this is, these are the facts that, you know, I mean, and also people may forget that on January 6th of 2021, or January 7th, um, they had the uh, election. No, it was the 5th. I'm sorry. Cause, um, but anyway, he, he was so busy whining and everything else. He never went down there. And so when Warnock won, he, he won by a smaller deficit. At that point, too, but if, if you know if he wasn't whining so much and went down there and did his job to endorse it, maybe things would have been different. But it wasn't a good week for him. Then also, um, in New York, Trump, a New York circuit court, um, guilty on all 16, 17 charges. Oh, for the Trump organization. Yes. Yeah. Expired. And so I'm concerned. Expired. I'm. Yeah, I'm concerned about the uh, the future of the Trump organization now now that the uh, verdict has been rendered. Well, they what's he going to he's getting fined 1.7 million something like that. I mean, in the grand scheme of things really what the hell is that to him, you know. But, you know, the only reason he declared uh everybody knows he's running for president is to um just skirt by the charges throughout this next year, you know. But, you know, Chris Christie and, um, you know, I think he's going to be a very viable candidate for the Republicans 2024. For what? I a mean, candidate for what? Well, possibly president. I Are mean, you for, kidding me? I could see him running for mayor of Trenton or maybe Newark. I can't see Chris Christie, New Jersey's former governor, actually again seeking the Republican nomination. Do you think he stands a chance? Well, because he's he's been right out there on the Sunday shows, you know, nailing him and just, you know, just talking the truth about, you know, what what he's done and how he is as a person. I mean, you know, um, you know, he's he's not a nice man, you know, and he'll he'll throw anybody under the bus. He doesn't care about America. He cares about himself. You know, so that's about all I have to say. Bob. All right. Well, I appreciate your thoughts. I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. And happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Thank you. 1144 at WNBF. Well, what do you think? Chris Christie, I had not really thought much about the possibility that Chris Christie will be a player in the um, upcoming presidential election. Wouldn't it be funny if just to shock us all, Chris Christie changed his party affiliation and he became a democrat and then ultimately the democratic nomination so i could see chris christie 
in 2024 running against oh who oh Herschel Walker that would be a great if the Republican presidential nominee could be Herschel Walker and then Chris Christie after he changes his party affiliation to Democrat that I would vote in that race. Hi, WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Jesse from Oigo. I'm still trying to picture that. Christy, after what he did on that bridge, when he gave Obama a bear hug, they had traffic shut down for hours. And now you just added someone else in the mix, Herschel Walker. You couldn't even read my email yesterday, Bob. <laughs> it was offensive. It was, um, it was very offensive. Well, let me ask you this. Was I wrong? Well, I didn't say you were wrong. I said it was very offensive. Okay. There's a difference between being right and being wrong and also being offensive and being inoffensive. And sometimes sometimes things just offend my sensibility. You know, I have to go to a safe room to feel safe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Safe with my my little my little donut that I put in no. the freezer. Those we need a few more people changing the independent, whatever, I would have a field trip watching that. That's like musical chairs. What about Chris Cuomo? Chris Cuomo could shock us all and announce he's running, he's uh, no longer a Democrat, and Chris Cuomo could run in 2026 for governor of New York. Re- re- new, newly coined Republican Chris Cuomo against the Democratic incumbent Kathy Hochul. I think we know who would win. What if he decided to run for senior news anchor at Fox News? If he wants it, if he wants it, by, the, by I'd say within another year or two, Tucker Carlson will leave Fox and start his own channel. I think Tucker TV, it's going to be called TTV, Tucker TV, and Tucker Carlson will leave Fox News Channel in the dust and start his own highly successful streaming service. All Tucker, all Tucker, all the time. I think Chris Cuomo would be perfect as press secretary. Definitely better than the one we got. Oh, I like her. I think she's doing a good job. thing that people forget about press secretaries, regardless of who they're working for, a press secretary is only serving as the spokesperson for their boss. So don't don't yeah don't take it out on the press secretary. There've been a lot of press secretaries over the years who had to say a lot of things that they probably felt were unseemly and sometimes even untrue, but that's how you keep your job as press secretary. You tell the people what your boss wants you to tell them, not the truth. It's not about the truth, regardless whether you're a press secretary for any elected official, not just uh, press secretary for in the White House, but any elected official. If you run the media operation, you are not to give out the truth unless that's what your boss says to do. Otherwise... But you, but you could have a very good time doing that, Bob. You'd be very good at it, because your IQ is very much higher than the last two I've seen. I believe I could be an excellent White House press secretary, but I don't think I would last in the job too long because after about 30 minutes of telling the truth, whether it's the guy from Scranton or the former guy who might become a future guy, no matter who I worked for as press secretary, they would be mad at me because 
I told the truth. If the reporters asked a question, my inclination would be to tell the truth, and that would be, of course, grounds for losing the job. So whether it's Biden, Biden or the former guy who could be a future guy, whoever the president was, they'd say, hey, we understand that you're trying to be a person of integrity, but that's not why we hired you. So get out of here, take your truthiness, and go back to Binghamton. But right here you're on live and local broadcasting at the best radio station on the planet, and whoever you offended at one time or another, you're still there, so I think you got a fighting chance nationwide. Well, I would like to think so. And again, to your point, I think I'm an equal opportunity person. I don't set out to offend. I set out to offer some thoughts, sometimes provocative thoughts, intentionally provocative thoughts, to encourage people to think and also to respond. If you hear, if I say something like um, Herschel Walker for president, obviously some people probably are thinking, well, that's a great idea. And some people are saying, Bob, are you crazy? Why would you ever, after what we saw during his Senate campaign in Georgia, why would you ever say in polite company that Herschel Walker should be considered a presidential candidate? But the point is, it does get you thinking, because in politics, just as in real life, things get kind of weird at times. I guess when it comes to politicians, I guess I will be careful here. All I'm going to do is go look at my box of crayons. I'll, I'll <laughs> By the way, why don't you go down and uh, pose next to the big strawberry? Pose next to the strawberry and then send me your selfie. The I big, can do that. The Owego's big strawberry. <laughs> Actually, I, I might keep an eye out on the big strawberry. I think I, I think I might stop by there around noon tomorrow. So if you see somebody who looks like Bob Joseph taking a picture of himself next to Owego's big strawberry, because I want to put, I want to put that image out on my holiday cards. <laughs> oh, oh, Mary Strawberry. Oh my God. That sounds. Didn't didn't she used to have a talk show back on Talknet? She had a a call in advice show, Mary Strawberry. Uh, something like that. Yeah, and she used to wear those yeah. red, those bright red glasses before they were in style. Mary Strawberry was. Uh, oh no, that was Sally Jesse. But anyway, anyway, Mary Strawberry. That's that's a great air name. That that makes that's a sweet sounding air name. Good morning. I'm Mary Strawberry. You had that other one who gave out sexual advice. I can't remember her. Oh, Dr. Ruth. Dr. Ruth. And I remember, she was just in the news not too long ago. She was giving out, I think they had a picture of her at some sporting event. I don't know if it was at the World Series or some baseball game. Wasn't Dr. Ruth sitting there next to Bill Clinton giving him some sex advice? Well, apparently I succeeded. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I mean, who are we to judge? I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions. Um, actually, here's a story. Dr. Ruth Westheimer reveals what made Bill Clinton blush. I've, I just punched this up on, on the search. Let me. It's probably nothing that can be broadcast, but uh, Dr. Ruth Westheimer, of course, has been the legendary advice giver in the u.s for i mean 
Who hasn't taken her advice? It says, Dr. Ruth Westheimer says a good therapist never discusses their private conversations. Oh, it was at the uh, U.S. Open. That's where it was. She was watching Serena Williams play at the U.S. Open, and she was sitting next to William Jefferson Clinton, who I don't think, based on based on the investigation, I don't think Bill Clinton needs any of her advice. But no, um, no. let's see what what it says. Oh, it says they've been friends. Bill Clinton and Dr. Ruth Westheimer have been friends for decades. Uh, somebody who is a friend of Bill Clinton said that he's always been very impressed with her. A source close to the former first family told the People magazine, Dr. Ruth has a remarkable life story, and President Clinton has always been impressed by her and her spirit. And I think he, I think he took half, her, or half of her advice, and then he went the other direction with it. Well, one thing, we've never... There is a picture... Oh, my gosh. It's the first time I've ever seen this picture. It's on People the people.com website the people magazine website and they went and they published a picture of Dr. Ruth and a Bill Clinton at a charity event in New York City from a few years ago <laughs> I'm sorry I shouldn't laugh but she's wearing this beret and it's like the darndest thing it just I don't know it's it's something let's put it this way it's something that is sweet and at the same time unsavory are you sure that wasn't Mad Magazine? It might as well be, because I'll tell you what. So Dr. Ruth, in this photo, file photo from a New York City charity event in 2018, she looks fine. She looks like Dr. Ruth always looks. Pleasant, unassuming, someone you'd like to have uh, a cup of coffee with. And then she's standing next to Bill Clinton, and he's got this Alfred E. Newman, what me worry, spit-eating grin on his face. And I'm thinking, even the people in the background, there are a couple people in the background, they took this, they snapped this picture, like at an office, looks like, I don't know if it was a, a Manhattan office complex for a charity event. And so the people in the background are like, in awe because first they're pleased that ruth westheimer is at their office but they also uh, one person you can see on the phone in the background she's on the phone with security saying how'd you ever let bill clinton up here ruth westheimer is fine but who said bill clinton was allowed in our office (laughs) and it's weird because uh, although you know i i seldom Talk about height. It came up earlier this week when someone made an assertion that George Stephanopoulos was not very tall, to which I refuted that. But it says here that Dr. Ruth is four feet seven inches tall and Bill Clinton is six feet two. So that you can tell in the picture that it's true. Bill Clinton is taller than Dr. Ruth Westheimer. But I still stand by my assertion that when it comes to broadcast excellence, George Stephanopoulos is uh, doing great work over ABC. I think we all agree. That reminds me of that one that won 119 miles an hour. I heard she needed a wooden box just to get up on a plane. <laughs> you would have to do that. Don't blame me, folks. I didn't say it. I was good today. I didn't make any reference to her. 
But it took Jesse from Owego to do that to close off what's been a fun Friday on WNBF. Hey, it's- Joseph, have a good weekend. This is WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.